il Monza per la prima volta in 110 anni di storia viene promosso in Serie A. Hello, hello, and welcome to season two, episode one of Serie A Spotlight. We're your hosts, Matt and Jake. We're here, boozed up and ready for the party. We've got Jack, we've got Sambuca, we've got Jaeger. It's one in the morning. We're drinking beer as well. This is going to be a good one, to say yeah. the least. We've been procrastinating this for way too long, but finally we're here and we get to kick off season two, giving you guys something to listen to throughout the mundane summer period. For sure. Um, we're excited to be bringing you more of Serie A Spotlight throughout the new season. Um, please remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok and give us a decent rating wherever you're listening, um, be it Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts or wherever. So we all know how last season went down. Milan won the Scudetto and got Champions League alongside Inter, Napoli and Juve. Lazio and Roma shared a Europa League spot. Fiorentina made Conference League with Atalanta just missing out. And we waved goodbye to Venezia, Genoa and Cagliari as Salernitana produced a Davide Nicola miracle. But we are not here to bother you about the past, ladies and gentlemen, uh, mostly gentlemen, as a new <laughs> season is upon us. And with that, we welcome to the Serie A Lecce, Cremonese and Monza. So welcome to Meet the Boys. So, Serie B was genuinely one of the most exciting leagues in Europe last year. Not quality-wise, but it was definitely up there when it comes to competitiveness. Up until match day 37, six points separated first from seventh, with Lecce in first and Monza in second. The standings were Lecce, Monza, Cremonese, Pisa, Brescia, Benevento and Ascoli. Cremonese managed to overtake Monza, getting promoted alongside Lecce. On the other hand, Pisa, Monza, Brescia, Ascoli and Benevento battled it out through the playoffs, where 3rd place Pisa and 4th place Monza faced off in the final, with Monza winning both legs 2-1 and 4-3. What an entertaining affair that was. So, the new boys are Lecce, Cremonese and Monza, and we're here to give you guys all you need to know about the sides before you get to watch them in Serie A. So, Jake is way more informed about these sides than I am. We were both following Serie B quite a bit throughout last season, but Jake has brushed up his knowledge a little bit about these top three teams. I have done research. Yes, um, I've spent the last few days compiling a bit of research on the teams. Um, not, nothing crazy, but just, you know, an overview of what they are, um, what they've done and who their managers are, who the key players are, things like that, you know, some fantacultural advice as well, maybe, you know, for all of you listening. Um, yeah. Should be good. So I'm going to be representing you guys, whereby I'm going to be asking Jake a couple of questions on each side, and he's also going to give us a bit of a breakdown of each team and let us know what to expect when we do get to see these guys in a couple of months in Serie A. So I believe the best way to do this is to start from the league winners, Lecce. So Lecce were formed in 1927 and made their Serie A debut in the 1985-1986 season. They play their home games at the Stadio Via del Mare, which has a capacity of 31,500 spectators. And their best Serie A finish, bro, was in mm -hmm. ninth place and it was obtained in, in the 1988-1989 season. Okay. Um, they won the Serie B championship last season for the second time ever, um, with 71 final points. Mm -hmm. The other victory coming back in 2010. Okay. 
their players and fans are nicknamed the Salentini or simply Giallo Rossi or Lupi, like every other club. Exactly. It's yeah. either two colors or some kind of some kind yeah, of animal. An animal. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so Lecce obviously came in first place in Serie B, like you mentioned last season. What was it about Lecce that made them better than Monza, Cremonese and all that tightness and tight competition that there was in Serie B? So they had a particularly good balance in their squad, bro. They had mm-hmm. a great coach in Marco Baroni. He's still the man in charge ahead of the Serie A season. Um, the president, Damiani, and the technical director, Corvino, in 2021, went specifically for this manager, Marco Baroni, and, um, you know, that proved to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up, first of all, primarily, bro, by acquiring some players who have some, you know, Serie B experience, some mm-hmm. Serie A experience, quite frankly, as you may recognize some of these names, like Paolo Farago, you've seen him with mm-hmm. Cagliari, yeah. for example, Barreca, um, Calabresi, Di Mariano, um, Thorir, Helgesen, Streffetza, Gendry, these are all players who have been around and um, actually managed to help them to mm-hmm. you know, reach their objectives. Yeah, and in fact, I notice it's quite evident because they have the best goal difference in Serie B from last season, which is 28. They had the least goals conceded in 31, the least losses, which is 5, which is crazy numbers and they also had the third best attack with 59 goals scored with that being said how do these line up what's the formation like who are their key players etc so they line up with a 4-3-3 they have the former um, Milan goalkeeper Gabriel or Gabriel as they call him Um, from right to left they play with Gendry Lucioni Dermaku and Gallo Mm -hmm. Lucioni is the captain he was previously banned in 2018 when he was captaining Benevento for doping he was banned for a year I believe it was reduced towards the end and he's still playing nowadays that's nuts but yeah that was a bit of a scandal back then and Gallo's a really good player as well um We're not talking about Bellotti. (laughs) Exactly. Please don't get confused. Um, Their central midfielder is Hulmund. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's kind of the the link between everything. And he's flanked by Blin and Gargulio. Gargulio? Probably Gargulio. Gargulio or something. Gargulio or something like that. Anyway. It's definitely Gargulio. In attack, they have their extremely dangerous weapon in Koda. We will talk about him in more detail very soon. Okay, He's the point of reference. He's an incredible player. And he's flanked by two other t- talented players, the Brazilian Streffetza, even though Streffetza is the most Italian name I've ever heard <laughs> in my life, and Di Mariano. Um, these guys, bro, when, they, when they're in possession, they play kind of a 4-1-4-1. The two mm-hmm. midfielders, so we're talking about Blin and Gargulio, or whatever the hell his name is, mm-hmm. they act as wingers. Okay, they move up the field. Um, Hulmund tracks back to the lowest part of the midfield and the fullbacks move forward. So they commit a lot of men in transition. Okay. They commit seven men advanced, literally, when they're, when they're on the charge. Um, Koda also drops back to um, assist his team's maneuver. Okay. In the non-possession phase, they cover themselves with a 4-3-2-1 formation with the two wings joining Hulmund in a deeper position while the two midfielders press the opposition along with Koda. Okay. Well, it seems like this has worked out pretty well for them and Baroni seems to have that control over the team that 
with this high intensity game, he knows what the players know what they need to give him, which is consistency throughout 90 minutes, full energy, and leaving their heart and soul on the pitch pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Um, this whole high press, as you mentioned, is fundamental to their game because it gets it forces the opposition to play a long ball. Exactly. And Lecce's centre-backs are very capable in the air. Mm-hmm. So they can recover the ball and actually start over again by forcing the opposition into a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what Empoli had going for yeah. them in, in, the, in the beginning of the season. Totally, they they totally. just out-pressured the, whoever they were up against and they managed to get points against some of the biggest teams in the league and that's a fair comparison because Empoli had won the league as well with the same style granted in a more extraordinary fashion of course Mm -hmm. Um, this is also their point of weakness though bro it has to be said Uh, um, when they play against teams who are capable to build up from the back Mm -hmm. they're often exposed because they engage seven players in the offensive maneuver Ah. you know so there are many holes you know a quick you know one two yeah, uh, down the flank, you know, or some clever build-up play to get out of that to evade that press, and suddenly you're on the mm-hmm. you're on the attack, and lecture are exposed. Exactly, and and that that is a, a standard for Serie A teams. I mean, the majority of them can just play the ball out out the back. I mean, it's it is the classic Serie A style of play that a team is capable of turning defense into attack in a matter of seconds. We've seen Milan do it really well, we've seen Inter do it really well, we've seen Napoli yeah. do it really well. And even moving down the charts and looking at teams like Torino, looking at teams like Verona, teams like Sassuolo, they yeah, all manage true. to do something like that. So obviously, like you're saying, it is a point of weakness for Lecce and it's something that they'll need to keep their minds on because they're going to have Rafael Leao running exactly. at them. Exactly, that's the thing, right? You can't get away with that if the quality of the opposition is very very capable exactly um, i feel the need to talk about massimo coda bro this guy i'm a massive fan that has to be mm-hmm. said like he won the mvp award of Serie B and the top scorer okay. award as well um, he scored 20 goals he was the driver of the team together with the captain lucioni um, he's 33 years old he's italian he's six foot tall he's fantastic in tight spaces as he's very technical you see this guy bro the, the ball is glued to his feet in tight spaces like he can't get it off him mm. He's got a great eye for goal, good improvisation to score. He can create, like, honestly, he'll improvise from any situation. How tall is he? Six foot. He's six foot tall. Um, He can score exactly in every seemingly possible way. He's right-footed, but you barely notice because of the amount of times he just thumps it with his left. Okay. Yes, he's very... Okay, is he, would you say, like, his his play style? You said he's very technical, Mm -hmm. he's tall... Would you say it's it's kind of like a, a Giroud style? A he reminds style. me, bro. He reminds me of kind of a budget prime Higuain. Okay. You know what I mean? That kind of so style. So he's explosive. Very explosive. Very explosive. All right. Player, and what's bro. his age? He's 33. I'm surprised he didn't. He hasn't had much Serie A experience, to be honest with you. He had 36 appearances in Serie B last season, 20 goals and 10 assists. Oh, my So he's days. extremely capable of setting up goals as well. His... <laughs> His goal participation for Lecce is 51%. He's contributed <laughs> to over half their goals. Like, crazy, crazy, That's crazy. nuts. That's nuts. Yes. Obviously, since they just made it to Serie A, Koda must be excited to, you know, have a, have a say in how their season goes in the top flight of the Italian league. But is there a slight risk? Is there a slight worry that they might lose him going into Serie A? Um, according to their sporting director, no. They're... <laughs> They're focusing on keeping him. He spoke to Radio Punto Nuovo and he put okay. he immediately started off by putting the cards on the table on the confirmation of Massimo Coda. He said that he will have his flaws, 
But a player of his technical level and this quality in tying the game is rare for us. He knows how to tie the game, make assists, but also finish promptly. I've never seen a striker like that. I always wonder how he hasn't made it to the highest levels. We enjoy it now and we keep it tight since he has a contract with us. So they sound keen to, to keep him on board, mm. of course. I'd be interested to see what his career was like. Is he one of those late bloomers? Maybe a bit of a Ciccio Caputo, so to say? Or a Qualiarella, maybe? Yes, you could say that, to be honest with you, bro. He debuted in Serie A with Parma back in 2014, I believe. Mm. Um, Salernitana, Benevento, San Marino, Siracusa, Bologna, Cremonese. These are all teams he has played for before, of ah, course. I, I say Bologna, but he had zero appearances for them. Mm. Um, they were probably the best team though he's, he's played with level-wise. Mm. But yes, he's he's kind of a, a trotter, uh, doing the Italian road trip. Mm. You know? Yeah, in fact, in fact, I'm seeing... Since 2020, he has 42 goals for Lecce and he's never scored more than that for any other team. The closest he got was with Benevento with 32 and Salernitana with 31. But then other than that, there's no real competition in, in those stats. Yeah, it's nice to see Marco Baroni is really getting the best out of his man up front. Ah, for sure, for sure. Hit a big role for them in, in Serie A, I would imagine. Yeah, um, when it comes to the moves in the transfer market, Electria have actually confirmed the loan transfers of Frabotta from Juventus and of mm. John from Roma, oh, dude. Yeah, so okay. that's actually pretty, pretty sick. Like That's exciting, yeah. man. I look forward to seeing what else they do, of course. Hey, also. man. So far, it's been quite quiet overall in the transfer market. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's probably quite <laughs> intimidating for them at the moment. I mean, for, for newly promoted teams, when you take into consideration their budget, um, with wages especially, yeah. they they must be looking at loaning in as much young talent as they can. Maybe some Serie A experience as well. We saw players like Rincon making a move. Players yeah. like that would be a, a good shout for them, bringing them some Serie A experience, some, some balls in the midfield as well so yeah it'll be interesting to keep our eyes on them and see what else they do in the transfer market for sure so keep your eyes on Baroni's Lecce next season particularly their main man up front Massimo Coda so now we can move on to the next team to get promoted it was Cremonese in second place now Cremonese bro are coached by Fabio Pecchia or sorry actually Cremonese were coached by Fabio okay. Pecchia because they actually sacked sack their coach well their coach decided to leave rather than um, they sacked him we'll get into that very soon um, Fabio Pecchia who got Cremonese promoted had spent the previous year coaching Juve's under 23s mm. um, before taking the job with Cremonese and he had won a historic Coppa Italia Serie C with Juve's under oh my God. 23s yeah okay so very good very very nice success mm. for him <laughs> Perla take notes that's what you do after after managing Juve's under 23s huh? exactly you don't go to the Juve senior team and meet <laughs> uh, Pecchia had been the assistant manager to Rafa Benitez at Napoli Real Madrid oh. and Newcastle before oh branching God. out on his own to Hellas Verona from 2016 to 2018. Um, he took over the managerial role at Cremonese in 2021, replacing Bizzoli, and he helped ensure Cremonese's salvation Insane. that season. So in his first year, he helped him survive. Second year, boom, promoted to Serie A. Incredible. Um, Cremonese impressed everyone in Serie B last season, bro, maintaining momentum and stabilizing at the top of the Serie B standings throughout the entire campaign it was pretty remarkable to be honest because if you look at this group of players they're nothing 
crazy. They're not mm. the best team on paper in the okay. league. But together, it worked, man. I think mm. this coach is fucking good, to be honest with you. Um, they're a really young squad, but they have elements of great experience. And now you'll see when I start telling you the players, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, okay. He's there. <laughs> okay, and what happened to Pekia? Why is he no longer at Cremonese? So he felt that taking Cremonese to say, ah, oh, is the best he could do with them. So it might be a question of, you know, ambition for the mm. club. Because in reality, he went and joined Kyle Krause's Parma. Kyle Krause is, of course, that new American owner of Parma who's really passionate about the game, who's mm. investing a lot in Parma to try to bring them back to greatness. So I think maybe he believes in the project more there. But it's hilarious because, like, he's just got out of Serie B and he's going back to a Serie B team. He's going to have to do it all over again. But I guess this is how how great coaches are made. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, or maybe he's a Serie B manager. Yeah, or, or maybe that, yeah. <laughs> either we'll or. See. Either we'll or. See. So, what are they like? Their formation, play style, key players, take it away. Okay, so they play a 4-2-3-1 formation. Mm-hmm. In the possession phase, it's a 4-2-4 or a 4-1-1-4. Ooh, very offensive, Yes, you, you'll get to see that attacking midfielder who he is very soon. In the non-possession phase, they drop to a 4-4-2. A 4-3-3 or a 4-1-4-1, depending on the matchup, of Mm -hmm. course. That's the thing. They're very versatile, bro. They adapt to their opponent, and even the starting 11 is not always the same at all. Okay. Now, in goal, they have the great Marco Carnesecchi. I have a lot to say about him in episode 2, so stay tuned to hear more about Carnesecchi in episode 2 as well. Born in 2000, owned by Atalanta, one of the best goalkeepers in Serie B. Countless super performances, and he even managed to get himself three assists. It's fucking crazy, man. Crazy. He's fucking a really crazy. good goalkeeper. Really good goalkeeper. Now, their fullback, their best fullback is called Leonardo Ser Nicola. He plays left back or right back, very versatile player. I didn't know Nicola got knighted, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Nicola, yes, after he pulled off two miracles, he decided to, <laughs> exactly. to knight him, bro. Class of 1997, so he's as old as you are, bro. Very physical player, good stamina, good work rate, Mr. Reliable. He had an amazing season. The other fullbacks are Crescenzi and Valeri. Valeri being the most used from the two. He's a rapid player, extremely dangerous on the overlap as well. Cool. Now, their centre-backs are Caleb Ocoli and their captain, Matteo Bianchetti. Ocoli is also owned by Atalanta, class of 2001. So you can see their team is actually already mm-hmm. really young. Right? True. And he's a physical beast, bro. He physically overwhelms his opponent, and that's his best weapon, and that's all he does. Like this guy, mm-hmm. he just towers over everyone, and he just beats everyone in the air. Mm-hmm. Bianchetti, on the other hand, is not the fastest player. He's not the strongest player, but he's very experienced and intelligent. He's very good at man marking, and his positional awareness is top. Cool, cool. Now, you mentioned Ocoli is is on loan from Atalanta. From Atalanta will will he be? Will he be there next season? Will we will be uh, seeing Ocoli. I would be very surprised if Atalanta called him back so soon. Mm. You know, quite often when you have a player on loan in Serie, but you want to give him another loan in Serie before you take him back to yeah, see how he does true. at the highest that's true. level. Kind of like Colombo with Milan. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, the midfield double pivot. This is where it gets juicy, bro. There are absolutely no fixed starters. It depends mm-hmm. on the matchup completely for this one. The two most used 
are Michele Castagnetti and okay. Nicolo Fagioli. Okay, Fagioli is there. Fagioli is there, exactly. Bro, he plays with you. He's a Juventus player, of course, mm-hmm. and he's a fucking fantastic player, bro. He's unknown from Juve, of course, class of 2001, great technique and vision, a very dangerous player, knows how to insert himself, has an eye for goal, mm-hmm. complete player. I've seen Fagioli play. I'm actually quite a, quite a fan of him, so it's going to be exciting seeing him in Serie A again. For sure, man. Castagnetti, on the other hand, is, a, is the metronome, he's kind of the Benasser in the middle, he's got mm-hmm. excellent technique. Um, they also have Luca Valsania, he's a good option for Pecchia, he's physically strong and has a wicked long shot, he's there. They're rather cronish, you know. I have to have something of the Milan equivalent for each of these players. <laughs> now, the three behind the striker, bro, this is where their quality suddenly shoots up. Okay. This is where it gets good, like, for them. Um, their attacking midfielder, who's very versatile, can play literally anywhere in the attacking options, like on the left, on the right, in the middle, wherever. Plays mostly in the middle, though. Is Gianluca Gaetan. He's on loan from Napoli, born in 2000. A very imaginative player can improvise very well. He's strong in one-on-ones and ca- can guarantee both goals and assists. He's a very good player. I think Napoli will be rubbing their hands together watching his development. Mm-hmm. Um, on the left, they have Christian Bonaiuto, which means good help, I believe. <laughs> Literally. Or good help me, no? Good help me. Aiuto, <laughs> help me. <laughs> He plays on the left, yes, he's also a very technical player, very dangerous in the final third, thanks to the rocket he's got in his pocket, and because of that he also takes free kicks, okay, so he's a a venomous player over there. Nice. On the right, they have Luca Zanimacchia, he's on loan from Juventus as well, so their players are loaned from Atalanta, um, Juve, and uh, who is Napoli, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, to be honest with you. Um, He's on loan from Juventus, he's very good. They also have Jame or Jamie. How would you pronounce that? Jaime. I pronounce that Jaime. It's, it's, it's yeah. French, yeah, yeah, I guess. So Jean, Jean Bé. Jean Bé. Jamie Bays. I like Jean Bé. Yeah, he can honest. also play as a, as a right back if necessary, this mm, guy. Okay. Both players have very similar attributes, bro. Very good pace, capable of causing many problems, especially on the overlap. Okay, um, Zanimakia has excellent insertion times and a great eye for goal. In fact, he got himself eight goals and five assists Ooh, last season. Nice. Now, the strikers were the, there's the veteran of the team. Do you remember a certain Samuel Di Carmine from yes, Las Verona? Yes, I remember he, Di Carmine. He leads the line for them, bro. Okay. He's what they call an Italian uh, category player. Mm. You know? um, he's the, the reference point for them. And they also have... Daniele Ciofani. Now Ciofani is kind of a big player, six foot four, can be incisive in the aerial part of the game, of course, both in the penalty area and um, when, of course, the defenders or the goalkeeper play a long ball to him. He's kind of the yeah. reference point yeah. to start the attack. Similarly to mm-hmm. De Carmine, De Carmine is kind of more more mobile. Mm-hmm. And any moves that they'll be making in the transfer market to make themselves stronger for Serie A? They've been quite active. Um, rumors wise, remember none of these are actually confirmed. They want Vasquez from Genoa, okay. the very versatile, good defender, very mm-hmm. young as well. A player that could stay in Serie A from Genoa, one for of those sure. caliber players. We've discussed that actually quite, exactly. quite a few times. Um, he's top, man. He's, mm-hmm. been, he's been on the Serie A spotlight radar for a while, baby. <laughs> They're also going to sign Milan's MVP, um, Radu, from Inter. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, he maybe should be in Serie A. <laughs> that's looking likely. <laughs> Calafiori from Roma is nice. a very good player. Nice. Aguame from Inter, possibly. And Tommaso from Roma, they've oh, actually right. confirmed. So they're making a few moves, you know, keeping it young. 
Um, Some experience there as well, yeah. though. Young, young experience in Serie yeah. Exactly. Young players who know what they're doing. Their new coach, bro, by the way, before I forget, is Massimiliano Alvini. Um, he's never played, he's never managed the game in Serie A, and he will be tasked with the very daunting task of managing um, Cremonese after a 26 year absence for his first stint in Serie A. Jesus Christ. So, no pressure on my friend. And why know. Alvini? What's so good about Alvini? Um, I'm not sure, bro. To be honest with you, like if you look at his, if you look at his fucking CV, there's nothing that shows that he's the right man for the job, man. You know, he's, he's even remotely ready. <laughs> Perugia, Reggiana, Albino, Leafy. What the fuck are Albino, Leafy like? You know, Pistoisi, Tutto Coyo, Quarrata. Like, who the hell are these guys? Like, I have no idea what they're doing, to be honest with you, bro. Cremonese, I cannot see them staying up. That's my hot take for this episode. Okay. And hot take, I think it's a very obvious take, to be honest with you. But I think Cremonese, Cremonese, Cremonese is finished dead last in Serie A. Dead last? Dead last, yes. Okay. Okay. So we definitely know who the strongest ones are. We know who the weakest ones are now. And next up, is Monza. Monza. Very exciting to yes. see these guys finally in Serie A, man. Uh, after the massive takeover. Okay, okay so let's, let's start it from let's the beginning. Let's start. Let's ease them in. So, Monza is a football club that was founded in 1912. Okay. And on multiple occasions in the 1970s, came close to promotion to Serie A, but actually never managed. Okay. So, they've never been in Serie A before. Between the 2000s and the 2010s, they faced harsh financial issues and were declared bankrupt twice in 2004 and 2015. Mm. Oh, wow. This calls for a job for Silvio Berlusconi, who came in <laughs> in 2018 with his right hand man, Adriano Galliani, of course, and they took oh, over the I club. Thought you were going to say his plastic surgeon. <laughs> his right hand man, an underage prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> They, of course, returned to Serie A in 2020, just two years after Berlusconi being in charge, of course, um, following a 19-year absence. That's been 19 God. years since, since they've been, been in Serie A. And Jesus. in 2020, boom, they're there. And then, boom, Fuck 2022, Serie A through playoffs. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, before their promotion, bro, no Italian team had played more Serie B seasons without playing in the Serie A 40. Ooh. So they, they did deserve it, to be honest with you. Jesus. Now, uh, Monza plays their home games at the Stadio Brianteo, and this has been the case since 1988. And they have rivalries oh. with. They have rivalries <laughs> with Como, Pro, Sesto, and Pisa. So it was fun to watch them play Pisa and Serie yeah. B last season. Yeah. Okay, Giovanni Stroppa was the man entrusted by Berlusconi and Galliani in 2021 to take Monza to the Serie A for the very first time after they gave up on the weird experiment that was Christian Brocchi as yeah, a manager. They were just bringing the band back, eh? they were bringing Thankfully. the band era to Serie A, but making it work. You know what, man? I remember being a child and watching Milan and watching Brocchi coming on and being like, fuck me, Brocchi's coming on. Then I remember being an adult and watching Milan and seeing Brocchi managing Milan from the sidelines and a fucking Coppa Italia final mm. and being like, this guy is the worst. Like, I'll, honestly, I'll never, I, I don't like him. Like. I'll never forget <laughs> Milan drawing. Um, they were draw 2-2 against United in the Champions League. Um, it's when, when Milan lost 3-2 and then yeah. they won 3-0 in the second leg where there was that goal by, by Kaká 
Gilardino yeah. and Seedorf. Um, and, and in the game where they were 2-2, Brocky came on, gave a terrible ball to lose perception, and I believe Rooney scored to make it 3-2. So I remember I have a bitter, bitter memories of, of yeah. Brocky at Milan. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. Let's give it a quick Google search. Yeah, let's give it Hero one. one. Let's give it one. Probably currently unemployed. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. The coach of Vicenza. Okay. Okay. Serie B, Vicenza, no? Serie C. Um, oh my god. Yeah, he's on the right path, though. Um, in the next five years, he'll be managing Ormi and Mota. <laughs> <laughs> Where he belongs. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, so ah, jo- give me give me a little bit of give me a little bit of juice about them. So Giovanni Stroppa's the man, basically, bro. Okay, he's the man. He looks like an artist. This guy, you know, you look at him, you're like, all right, this guy drinks and paints, like you know, all right. the type of guy that puts a canvas on the floor, gets fucked up and paints on the floor. That, those are the vibes. Rosy cheeks, long hair, you know, the classic Respect. Italian drunkard. I like him. They play a three-five-two. The only team that got promoted that plays a three at the back formation. Um, in the possession phase, it's a 3-1-5-1. And if you do the maths, it adds up, I promise. <laughs> uh, in the non-possession phase, they play a 5-3-1-1. Okay, so it's kind of a classic 3-5-2, to be honest uh-huh. with you. They have a massive squad, bro. That's the reason that they did get promoted. Okay. okay? They have many, many players and players of experience, you know, old players, young mm. players. They have a good combination of everything, Options. you know. Berlusconi and Galliani gave Strop all the tools to succeed, to be honest with you. Very it's good. Atalanta vibes, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, a very deep squad, like like prime Atalanta, you know, where you mm-hmm. make three substitutions and the team stays the same. And who am I going to, out of this large squad, who am I going to keep my eyes on? So, starting from the goalkeeper, D. Gregor, D- sorry, Di Gregorio okay. um, He's a fucking great goalkeeper And every time I watch Monza I've noticed that he was a fucking top goalkeeper This guy Okay But They've just signed Cranio I saw that Which is fucking so we'll crazy man I, mean, I thought Cranio would take I a, a step higher Seven like, like We'll see man We'll see what happens with Cranio But I think right now People aren't in desperate need for a goalkeeper He just needs to stay in Serie A To be honest yeah. Good on him man um, In defence They have Paletta. Insane. You remember Paletta? Of course I remember Paletta. Marrone, these are all players of like. My God. Samprizi, Pirolo, Bettella, Antov, remember Antov from Bologna, the young guy, very good as well. Donati and Caldirola, remember him, Benevento? Mm. Again, experience, depth, they have many players here who can fit play in any of those three at the back positions. Mm -hmm. And they've just brought in Ranocchia as well. Oh wow! Yeah, from Inter. So I mean, oh wow, that's strengthened. Yeah. I mean, say uh, experience, reliable, good leader. Uh huh. good. In the midfield, they have D'Alessandro, another okay. say uh, player okay. like played with Spal back in the day. If, I, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, played for a bunch of other teams. I can't remember who. Molina, Mazzitelli, mm-hmm. Barberis, Augusto, Coplani, Pereira, Scozzarella. So Pereira and Scozzarella, of course, are two impressive players. Now, this is one of my favorite players on the team, Machine. Oh, machine! He's fucking good, bro. This the guy, fucking machine. Really good midfielder. Um, Sayatunis, Bresciani, Valotti, and Ramirez. Is that Gaston? Gaston Ramirez, Ramirez bro. Gaston Ramirez. So I'm telling you, just depth. Like, like even if Paletta and Ramirez played a combined ten games in the season, they were still useful for those ten games. Like I, <laughs> I recall Paletta playing in the playoffs, for example. You know that that's, mm-hmm. you have an experienced head. You pop him in for an important game. Uh huh. Up not front, a bad job, huh? not a bad job at all, man. They have Favilli, Gitkier, Mota, 
Mancuso, Vignato and Curia. Oh wow. Again, it's a solid bad, solid man, Mota team, Mancuso, Vignato. Yeah. And I've heard good things about Gikier. I don't know if that's Gik- how you Gikier is a fucking good player. He scored 5 goals in their playoff run. Oof. Yes, so he was the the, the catalyst for Oof. their promotion. Um, but Mota is probably their most exciting striker. He's mm-hmm. just really good overall. I've heard good things about yeah. Mota. Um, so yes, Mota was the top scorer, excluding the playoffs. He had 11 goals, followed up, followed by Valotti, and then Gitkir had 9 goals. Now, if you add you know, the total goals, playoffs plus league, Gitkir would have 14 goals and he'd be their top scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking good player in the box, man, this guy. He's mm-hmm. a really good finisher. Um... Is their team relatively young, would you say? There's a combination, bro. Literally, mm. there are young players there, there are old players there. I would say it's not as young as Cremonese's team. I'll just say okay. that. Okay, okay. Got you. Yeah. Um, when it comes to their assists, for example, this is interesting. I took a screenshot of their, their assists. They come from everywhere. Their, goals, their squad is so deep that everyone just gets on the score sheet. Like assists, they have Mazzitelli on six, D'Alessandro on four, Pereira on four, Machine on three, Valotti on three. Fucking machine. Goals, dog. you know, as well. Goals, Machine four goals, Curia five goals, Colpani five goals, Gitgear nine goals, Valotti ten goals, Mota eleven goals. You know, mm. there's a team that's just everyone having fun, man. And now I can, to be honest with you, if I had to pick one of these teams, which of these three teams is most likely to stay up and say, yeah, oh, next of season? Of course, Monza with it's the Monza, funding man. that the, they've got the as well. The funding, exactly. They've already just, brought in. It's a project. It's a, a cranio when they're, you know what I mean, young, promising Italian international. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you can tell it means a lot to Berlusconi who said that taking Monza from Serie B to Serie A actually meant more to him than winning the Champions League with Milan. Whoa. He said seeing the people taking this group of people from Serbia to Serie A was so powerful Whoa. for him. Yeah. Okay, big, big, big shout. And also, one thing that we might be overlooking as well is Berlusconi's got his connections, man. He's done business with of every course. single other guy in Serie A mm. and Galliani. I wonder if we'll see Galliani on his bike. <laughs> yeah, at first, bro, I was, I was on his kind bike. Of, we'll see. Yeah, him. On his bike. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him <laughs> at like Inter's headquarters? They didn't let him in. They didn't let him in because I'm like, they won't even offer me a coffee. They're like, do you want a coffee, man? <laughs> you know? But I, I have to say, I was a little bit offended at Berlusconi's words of Monza and Milan, like, like. But then again, I understand, like, and I take it with a pinch of salt because this is a person who said the N-word on multiple occasions. <laughs> exactly, take it with a pinch of salt because the guy is, is just straight up. Firstly, he's melting. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, he's, he's just a bit odd and, and he's controversial. Um, I'm sure the high was higher when he won the fucking Champions League. But to give him the benefit of the doubt, Milan had won the Champions yeah. League before and they'll win the Champions League after. What they're doing with Monza is truly historical. Um, getting them up to Serie A for the first time in their history and it's thanks to him and Galliani, I would say, and Gikier. For sure, bro. Um, and this was probably his first emotional experience without cocaine. So <laughs> he probably felt it more. So, um, Galliani is actually 27. He's just been putting up with Berlusconi's shit for so long <laughs> that he looks the way he does. Exactly. <laughs> They've been linked to, bro. Listen to these names like Sensi, Cutrone, Mayoral, Bellotti, Pessina. And Petania, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops, see me. 
those are massive names, man. So let's pick a striker for these guys out of these four, right? There's Cotrone, Mayral, Bellotti, and Petania. Nah, it's a no-brainer, man. It's Bellotti, it's right? It's Bellotti in a, in a hard beat. But Bellotti is the least likely. Realistically, who will they get? Patrick Cotrone. Milan boy. From, okay, from Cotrone, Mayral, and Petania, who would you take to lead the charge for a newly promoted side? Ooh, that, that's such a good question. Um, I would probably take... I, I I would probably I think Mayoral is the best one out of them. You know I I really think he I is. Think I agree with you, man. He, he definitely is. But then he's uh, the best on the ball in build-up play as well. Mm-hmm. He's he's done it for for Roma. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was this not last season, the one before, and and he was he was very good. He was good for them. He was stepping up when he needed to. He was he was starting out of Zeko. Yeah. A lot a lot of the time. Cotrone, we've seen him struggle for Empoli. He hasn't found his feet since Cotrone leaving Milan. Cotrone is the type of player that is just he's bound to end up in Seyeb in any time. But he, he, anytime, I, he might then, be he might be good with Monza. Just having that Milan kind of background, he might fare well under Galliani and and Berlusconi. Is this how many times you have to join these fucking small teams and flop before they stop believing in hey. you know hey. like this is what Monza will be thinking you know they're like Cotrone, Mayoral, Petania mm. Petania did it with Spal he was a beast he got double figures and he's been decent for, yeah. for Napoli as well he has granted there's the, th- the elephant in the room oh, sorry I mean Petania <laughs> <laughs> He's great, man. I really like, he I really like Petania. But he needs he needs an entire system to be built around him. So sure, if, mm-hmm. if, if he's got uh, four men feeding him, literally, then <laughs> then, then, then he might he might perform. Yeah, that's all he wants, man. Four men to feed him. <laughs> but anyway, man. Uh, Pessina would be nice as well for them. But again, I, I think Pessina's too good for them, man. I think many of these players are too good for them. But it depends on the project, right? Yeah. Kranio's too good for them. Yeah, but, anyway. but maybe maybe they have a bit of that that like Newcastle yeah. effect. Ooh. Like that financial takeover yeah. type type beat. They can attract some of the biggest players. Exactly. Oh, um, money though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is Strappa's newly promoted Monza for you. Keep your eyes out on Gitkier, Mota, and Machine alongside any of the transfers they make. They all look quite massive. So that's it for our overview of these three newly promoted sides. The three freshmen, the new boys in the villa. <laughs> yeah, the new boys in Kazamo. We'll see how it goes for them. Of course, I think Monza are playing the long game. They're here to stay. Um, Cremonese, on the other hand, seem to be the Venezia of the yeah. season you know they hadn't been there in a while they arrived you know the the difference is they, they're not even staying with their manager from the get-go like and I think that's going to be such a mistake man not yeah. being able to keep their manager is going to bite them in the ass oh probably probably I mean it's it's cool because in the beginning of of last season we were talking about I remember Mintoff had brought it up we we're discussing uh, the teams that, that come up are just shooting back down. What mm. can Serie A do to ensure that some of the teams that come up actually have a, a fighting chance to stay up in Serie A? This time, we saw two Serie A veterans go down in Genoa and Cagliari. And we saw fucking Salernitana and Empoli stay up with Empoli doing a great job and Salernitana being on the form of their lives towards the end. So... I'm excited yeah. to start seeing that like consistent 15 in Serie A, consistent yeah. 13, whatever, start to reshuffle, start getting a new breed 
of of teams in and, and, and change the culture of Serie A. It's going to be interesting. Monza, I think, like you said, they're playing the long game. They're going to come in and they're going to establish themselves. The rest, still some work to do, but obviously they can, they can prove yeah. us wrong in, in the beginning of next season. It's funny how basically Empoli and Salernitana, you look at Empoli and you think, okay, they had a good season, they had a safe season, right? And Salernitana, yeah. you look at, holy shit, how clutch, it's a miracle. Yeah. But in reality, they just had the same season, but... Inverted. Inverted. Yeah, I agree. You know, Mon- uh, Monza. <laughs> Empoli had a strong start and a poor finish. Salernitana mm-hmm. had a poor finish and a, s- a poor start, sorry, and a strong finish. Exactly. Salernitana mm-hmm. had a little bit more, more hustling to it. It came to like changing the manager. Obviously, starting off well always gives the, the, the appointed manager a good backbone, so his job wouldn't really be yeah. in jeopardy. Salernitana, on the other hand, they, they swapped hands uh, three times and third time's a charm, they say. But enough about these three teams enough about the promotions to Serie A and quite frankly enough about these fucking boys entering our villa (laughs) we're releasing another episode towards the hopefully towards the end of this week but we will keep you updated on our socials on when you can expect this to go live and we'll be discussing all the breaking news regarding transfers from each and every side in Serie A, from the confirmations to the rumors to the negotiations. We're working on getting all that research done, getting you guys accurate information and just something fun to listen to. In fact, guys, I know we put out a tweet today um, asking for listener questions and hot takes. Since most of them were about transfers, we felt it would be more appropriate to incorporate them into our next episode, which will be exclusively about transfers, um, confirmed transfers and transfer rumors. So we'll be discussing your questions then. Okay, it should be out by the end of the week. Exactly. And until further ado, guys, thank you very much for tuning into Season 2, Episode 1 of Serie A Spotlight. Remember to give us a nice little rating on Spotify, Google Play or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And to give us a follow on Twitter for all our announcements, Instagram, we're also doing announce- our announcements and some fun content. And then a bunch of fun content and never seen clips on TikTok on at Serie A Spotlight. 2,611 followers, 91,100 likes on TikTok, my oh, brother. We're still, we're still following zero. I thought we were going to follow no, one. We're and following that's one zero. Yes, I don't think Saponara has TikTok. What a loser. No, Saponara Please. has to be, be nice. Be nice to him. Sop- soprano, I wrote. <laughs> he's definitely not on TikTok. Saponara, let's see if he's on TikTok. Or like one hardcore Saponara fan page or something. No, I don't think he's on here, man. Okay. But we do need to follow someone, though. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're starting a movement, guys, for Saponara to open a, a TikTok account. So you can either join us or, or we can leave you, leave you for dead. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week.